my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive, six, seven, eight, Hello, BYWG Tribe. Here's a quick peek at our supplement, product, course, and book of the month for June 2020. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few minutes going into further detail, so we encourage you to listen to the end. The supplement of the month for June is Turmeric Boost. This is our very own BCM95 highly absorbable form of turmeric. The 10% discount code in office or online is DFLAME10, case sensitive. Our book of the month is Sacred Cow, Why Well-Raised Meat is Good for You and Good for the Planet by Diana Rogers and Rob Wolf. The product, well, it's actually a course of the month is Lifebook. Lifebook is a one-of-a-kind lifestyle design system that guides you toward your personal vision of success in a 12 dimensions of your life. All the links, discount codes, and special offers for the product, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes on iTunes, posted on social media, in our weekly newsletter, and at our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com at the Listen Now tab. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. No and Dr. Mike, two-thirds of your BYWG team. This week, we are your podcast guests, as we do every single month, the first Monday of every month where we take a highlighted look at one of our premium supplements. And this month for June 2020 is Turmeric Boost. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. I'm your co-host tonight, Dr. Mike Akinfora. And today I'm thrilled to have a fellow New Jerseyan, Dina Ferruja. Dina, how are you? I am fantastic now that we're talking, Dr. Mike. So thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um. Dina wrote a book, which I think you're going to love. It is called The Life Strengthening Book, One Lesson at a Time. And there are 47 lessons in this book. We're not going to go through all 47 today, but we're going to give you a little taste of it. And we're going to let Deanna, uh, Dina riff with it. But first, I want to read her bio because it's a really unique bio. And then we can get into the book and how she got here. So Dina spent 25 years climbing and achieving many successes as she thoughtfully navigated the ever-changing landscape of Wall Street. In her previous roles as Vice President of Sales Territory and Relationship Management, she has raised over $5 billion collectively for top asset management firms such as Fidelity and Oppenheimer Funds, solidifying skills she confidently carries and is paying it forward today. Dina has mastered what matters most for the right strengthening experience. She strengthens countless individuals, teams, and cultures with her needs-based customized solution, such as, but not limited to, onboarding for better employee engagement, team and culture strengthening, emerging executive training, communication, and public speaking workshops, etc. As the founder of Pers... <laughs> As the founder of Pers... Perspicacity, thank you. I'm going to actually leave that in there. That is my gift, is to mess up people's bios. <laughs> Dina's professional purpose is to elevate successes. At, go ahead, Dina. <laughs> Perspicacity. Thank you. <laughs> the people always come first. 
She's taking classes with the most complex mathematics at Wharton Business School to the most effective executive communication and public speaking courses since the late 90s. Dina is an author. She's a certified investment management analyst. She's a Gallup certified strengths coach. She's a certified DISC and motivational coach, a certified public speaker, a cultural strengthening specialist, paying it all forward to those who desire to be better. So, Dina, welcome to the show. Thank you. Aren't bios so cringy when you hear other people say it? <laughs> I, um, you're in reading hundreds of bios over the year. Yours is really, really well thought out, and. We, we get somewhere I'm like, oh, who's writing this? Um, you know, you don't want to be the you don't want to be the grammar police, but it's like, oh, my goodness. But uh, yours really, really well thought out. Um, so well, thank you for taking the time to read that cringeworthy um, uh, bio. So I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I It's not many times that I get to uh, talk to somebody who's got as many vowels in their name as me. Um, but it is amazing. You wrote an amazing book. Um, and of course you're a fellow New Jerseyan as we refer to it, the people's Republic of New Jersey. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you, how do you go from wall street to starting your own company? How, how did that, what does that look like? So it comes with a story, as everything in my life does. Um, I don't ever do anything without positive intention, so I'll start there. I had an amazing career. I was a high-performing sales executive on Wall Street. My clients were Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, Wells Fargo, UBS. Um, I had so much fun, so much purpose. And I'm going to shelve the word purpose, and I'm going to pull it off the shelf in a moment or two. But purpose, I was helping financial advisors make sound investment decisions for their clients. I was doing uh, presentations for clients and helping them understand the market from, you know, mutual funds to separately managed accounts to ETFs. And, you know, it, it helped that economically I was doing pretty well, you know, until that there's always that one pivotal moment in your life that you can always turn back to. And that's where this story begins because after 20 plus years or 25 years, it was great until I get this phone call, and the phone call went like this. With a backdrop of I have a $320 million sales goal, so I had to bring $320 million in that year. And I got the sales call, or I got the call that every salesperson wants to hear, right? So I get this phone call, and I said, hey, Dina, you know what? That trade that you've been working on for, you know, about a year now, $51 million is coming your way. Let me wow. tell you something. That's 20% of your goal, number one. So I shaved off 20% of my goal. I was fantastic, right? Made a pretty good paycheck that day. And I was unbelievably excited for uh, maybe 21 seconds. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Even my husband said to me, Dina, what, what is the matter? And I said, I don't know. I said, and that's where the word purpose came in. I'm not purposeful anymore. I don't know. I don't enjoy this. So what I started doing is I went on this journey of every single day, I sat in my car for five minutes after my day, and I said, what went well today and what didn't go well today? What did I like about today? What did I not like about today? And it, I didn't necessarily write it down. I was just sort of doing mental inventory. 
And it stopped being about the investments in my bag, and it became more about the amazing positive interactions and engagements that I was having with the financial advisor community. So I did research, and I said, how can I cross-pollinate being a certified investment management analyst and a salesperson and help people and elevate them? And that's actually where I was introduced to become a Gallup certified strength coach. And so I became certified. I also became a certified um, disc and motivators coach. So, you know, went to my clients after I became certified and I said, listen, if we find $2 million or more um, for business that obviously makes sense for your clients, I'll coach your team for free. And I was fifth in the country, so I wasn't exactly doing too bad. But within six months, I became number one. So it was very vivid to me that I really wanted to go into people side versus the product side. And then I looked at my husband and I said, I love this. And he said, I can tell. I get up motivated every day. I have purpose again. That's where I bring that word purpose down off that shelf because I have to wake up every day with purpose. And now I do. So that's where Perspicacity was born about a year and a half ago. Awesome. Um, and that will be in the show notes, folks, so that so you can see that. Um, Dina, can you explain to people um, two things? Number one, what is um, what is a strengths coach and what is DISC, D-I-C-S? Yeah, sure. Um, so a Gallup, so Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, what is that? Yes. So a quick explanation is um, Dr. Don Clifton was born in 1928, and he said, you know, as a psychologist, he said, you know, why are people always looking to fix what's weak about them? Why don't we just celebrate what's amazing about them? So over time, he's developed this algorithm. Someone, you take an assessment, these crazy questions where you're like, why are they even asking me these questions? And then it spits out your top five talents. You unlock your first, your first top five talents. There are 34 strengths that Dr. Don Clifton thought everybody has. There are balconies, which are your top five, and there are basements, which are your bottom five. We don't call them weaknesses because if all well, weakness is only weakness if it gets in your way, right? Mm -hmm. um, some people have some beautiful basements, so that's okay if they're in the basement. Um, so that's actually where you identify people's innate talents, what makes them innate, innately great. And what got me with the Gallup Strength Finder is I love unique ability, uniqueness. I love where something is not just turnkey. So only one out of 33.4 million people have the same top five talents in the same order. So that makes everybody super unique, and that's what I'm bringing out now to the world. <laughs> so um, DISC and motivators, I use more of the motivator side than I do on the DISC side, but DISC is are you dominant, are you in, uh, influential, are you steady, do you, are you in compliance? Um, it's, it's definitely more of a professional program to work with. And then the motivator side is to identify what motivates you. Why I love that is because you have to spend the right energy in the right time, in the most efficient way, or you're going to be burnt, you're, or you're going to burn out. So I do some workshops around understanding what your motivators are in order to, you know, to, in order to um, avoid burnout. So that's the difference between the two. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that um, for sure. the people that, that didn't know about that. Um, I, I took both 
the strength finders, and so did my wife Denise. And of course, she's a high woo. That's our big one. Um, and the other ones that are in there. Uh, and I also took the disc and found them extremely helpful in identifying um, where my strengths lie and what um, what I do that that makes me tick, so to speak. Do you know where your top five are? I'd love to I, hear them. I don't remember. I was looking for it before we got on the phone. I do not remember what they are. Um, we have to revisit that. Yeah, friends. it's we been so long. Them. And I had it on my <laughs> phone, and then I got a new phone, and they went away. So um, it, it was very interesting to me. So all that being said, so now you're 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 coaching folks, and you're and you're giving workshops. And lo and behold, you decide to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you bring your you bring your book baby into the world. Why why write a book? How where'd you find the time to write a book? Why did you write a book? And it's a beautiful book at that. First of all, thanks for asking, and thanks so much for saying it's a beautiful book. Every time somebody tells me positive feedback about my book, it's like just a hug to my heart. It's a hug to my six-year-old heart. And I know that sounds really strange, but I've wanted to write a book probably since I'm six years old. And listen, we all have childhood turmoil, right, in sure. one shape or form. I and mean, I didn't actually, you know, grow up in a Norman Rockwell painting. <laughs> so <laughs> there was just you know, some fighting in the house. And my escape um, was to – there was this book called The Frog and the Toad. And what I would do is I would take The Frog and the Toad and I would copy the book, and then I would smirk, and I would write my name at the bottom like I wrote it. So I always said, I'm going to write a book. And I had this amazing professional pause while I was building my, my company, First Cassidy, and I said to myself, Dina, the only thing you're going to regret is not writing this book that you've wanted to write since you were six. So I actually ordered on Amazon as a motivator because I'm big and motivated and being motivated. Those frog and toad books that I used to copy when I was a kid, ha. and I would I put it in front of me every time I decided to write. But then a lot of people always ask me, "How did you find the time with two kids running a business?" And I said, "I didn't find the time. I actually the time actually found me." And let me explain that. So. If I'm right, you know, when I was driving down the road, I would pull over to the side of the road and I would write, whether it be for 10 minutes or 45 minutes, to whatever created space I needed. If I was at the gym, I would have a thought or something came to my head and I would drop the barbells and I would write in my phone. My entire book was written in my phone. So what I started doing was sending and emailing myself with the power of technology everything that I was writing and then I just organically wrote it from there um and that's that's hopefully that answers your question but yeah that's how it happened it happened organically and it was always something I wanted to do awesome um so you came up with 47 lessons um what what I want to ask is how about we go through some of your favorites and and I don't want to give away too much, but I want to give people a taste of what this is about. So sure. I'm I'm game for whatever ones you wanna you wanna share with us. 
So I've been on a few shows, and what I've actually been talking about in some of these workshops and some of the meetings, and I have to bring my adaptability down and put it in my face because all this technology meeting is very different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing we've been talking about a lot is my lesson, which is lesson number 14, um, compartmentalizing your stress, managing your anxiety. Okay. And the reason why I pull that out is because everybody right now, I'm not sure if you've seen that saying that everybody says, oh, we're all in the same boat. No, we're not. No, Some we're not. Some people right now, what's happening, no, like everybody's individualized. Everybody's, everybody's journey right now is very different. You know, not well, not all in the same boat. Some people are in yachts, but some people are hanging on to a lifeboat, you know, or, or hanging on to a life raft, I should say. Um, 100%. So we all have to manage this. It's not easy, but it's a process. And I'll tell you where this came about for me. Nothing in this book is nothing that I have. It, 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 I, know, I don't ever put anything in the book that I haven't done myself. Gotcha. So where that comes from is, I'm not sure if we discussed this, but I was in the building in 9-11. Okay. So 34th floor when the building hit. I mean, when this plane had hit. Mm-hmm. So why I even mention that is that's when my anxiety started. That's when my stress started in my life. It just catapulted me into a different way. And now I have this renewed knowledge of how to compartmentalize stress through counseling, by the way. So I love to tell people I went to counseling. It just makes me who I am. <laughs> so I had a um, counselor tell me this, and then I just maximized what she said, was if we all just take a moment, and if we do it now, this is probably the most spectacular time to do it. Just sit quietly, whether it be in a room by yourself. It doesn't take a very long time, but it takes the intention of your mindset to virtually sit down and think about these folders, Mm -hmm. beige, benign, manila folders. And it doesn't matter if you need five folders or 25 folders. What you're going to do with these virtual folders is you're going to take a virtual Sharpie and you're going to write on the tab of each virtual folder what your stress is. It could be kid, dog, mother, mother-in-law, father-in-law. It could be be whatever it is. Sure. And then what we do is we keep those folders closed and put them in a virtual filing cabinet in your mind. So what this chapter is about, which is chapter 14, is about compartmentalizing it. So imagine your folders are all complete, and you take these folders and put them in your virtual filing cabinet. Now we probably all are going to add a COVID file, (laughs) add a COVID file, And my ask or my plea for everybody is what anxiety is, is just a swirling disaster of stress. Um, So put them up in that virtual cabinet and pull one down at a time. Mm. If we try to take too many things down at a time or try to tackle too many things, nothing gets done. Absolutely. And I I tongue and cheek this in a book and I say, you know, (laughs) Mike, have you ever have you ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? Yes, of course. (laughs) I unfortunately, in my house, it's called Chucky Disease. I just think it's disgusting. (laughs) It's probably not very appropriate to say that, but it is what it is. (laughs) It's always been gross to me. But anyway, um, (laughs) after the parties, this birthday boy or birthday girl gets in this amazing tunnel of tickets, right? Uh They are so excited. 
excited to grab all these tickets, and then the wind blows, right? And they never come out with more than five or six little tickets, and they're super disappointed. <laughs> but they were super stressed out in that tunnel of stress, right? Right. So, you know, going back to the virtual cabinet of putting all your stresses in a virtual Imagine a big gust of wind coming where you're in that tunnel, and everything is swirling around you. You cannot manage it that way. Okay. So that's what causes anxiety. So Absol- that's what that chapter is about. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I love I love the visual. It really it really hits home. Really hits home. And I think that's what people um I think that's where people kind of get stuck is is that in that in that whirlwind or, or you know thinking like the Tasmanian devil like it's just oof, it's there. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. So where do you want to go next? All right. So uh, we can use the word map. And so uh, especially right now, like lesson number two, identify what fear holds you back and work through the pain. Don't accept the fear. Challenge why it's there. Um, Why this is super important is, you know, not to keep tagging everything to 9-11, but you have to really understand what your fears are. But figuring out what your fear is, one of the hardest things to do, though, because it really opens up the box that you closed for many years, (laughs) you know? Yep. Um, So I really do believe we have to go, this is in the book, through the ICU program. Now, the ICU is identify, claim, and understand. Identify what your fears are, claim why they're there, and then understand them so that they don't rear their ugly heads and even a time like this in a pandemic, fears are coming up. Yes. Um, you know, there's also something that's called, you know, you know, everybody, there's a lot of grief going on. There's a lot of anticipatory grief going on right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, what are we anticipating? What is the world going to look like? Nobody knows. So just be present in this moment. So I think putting your fears through the ICU program that's stated in the book is something that's super important that I've been doing for the past you know, 20 plus years. So uh, let me, let me ask you a question. Like take me through, let's say, um, let, let's say uh, I'm really anxious about this pandemic. So I have identified it and then I've got, I've got to, I've got to claim it. I, I claim that, that it, that it worries me. And then, uh, Take me through the understanding part. So what what what, sure. what are the layers of that? Where does that go? Okay. So as I said in the book, like you have to always keep in mind that fear is obviously super and un, it's an unpleasant, unpleasant emotion, right? Sure. And it's caused only by the belief that someone or something is dangerous. Mm-hmm. So um, when it comes to the understanding part, there are two key questions, which is number one. What belief is governing the behavior that is holding you back because of the fear created? And then number two, if I were to detach from my fear and release myself of the emotional threat, would I move forward and how? And that's really understanding the impact it's having in your life. Got it. If that fear is holding you back like anchors, you've got to release those anchors and figure it out why. Really understand where they're damaging your life, and if not, now going forward i love it that that's absolutely brilliant and and that is um i i think the key the key part is being able to detach yourself from that fear 
And that really gives Absolutely. you the ability to objectively look at that fear. You're acknowledging it, just like you said, you claim it, you identify it, you claim it, and then to understand it. And I think the only way we can understand it, uh, or one of the only ways we can understand it is by detaching. Um, and then that yeah. helps us move through that actual fear. And nobody wants to open up those boxes. Like no. I just, I guess I've had, I've had this courageous thing about me. My father tells me all the time when I was a kid, I'd be like, yeah, I did it. And um, and now what? You know, I was always a confronter, you know? Sure. <laughs> so, but it's the power of vulnerability is unbelievably huge because if you have vulnerabilities, you better bet your ass other people in your tribe have vulnerabilities as well. Well, it, it's really interesting that you say that. And, and I talk about this all the time is we have an accountability group that meets once a week on Tuesdays for the last 10 years. And we are, we are vulnerable. Like it's, it's a, it's a muscle. We are vulnerable every week to the five people that are in this accountability group. And it, it's like having a coach where I can, I can basically, I, we've provided an environment where we bring to the table our vulnerability and that's where growth happens that's where we don't get stuck in that same thing on that treadmill and repeating um patterns in our lives over and over and over again so i, I love that that's amazing you you that's amazing you've created a safe space yes to tell and you know that's the epitome of growth people think growth is about you know climbing up ladders and uh, that without telling anybody what rung you're on. No, you've got to just say where you are. It's, it's, and that's where confidence comes in. You know, it's being able to tell somebody, hey, this is my weak spot. That to me is unbe unbelievable confidence. And that's who I want to surround myself with because we can grow together. That's amazing. That's great. I love that you have that group. Oh, it, it's, I am, I am, it, it goes in my gratitude journal every day. It is. I am extremely grateful for my accountability group. It is. It is amazing. Amazing group of uh, chiropractors and entrepreneurs, and uh, it, it's. It's. We're. We're, we're just. Um, I'm grateful every day. That's amazing. You know, because listen, we all we are all leaders to different groups in our lives. Mm -hmm. and, you know, when people. You don't even realize that people are watching or looking at you, and they're growing while you're growing. So if you don't, if you stop growing, other people, other people are going to stop growing with you. You know, so that's such an amazing systemic thing. So bravo to you. Thanks. Um, it's a it's a really great group of people, um, and we take the time to meet in person once a year. Uh, this year will be in December in Austin. So we're all excited, and of ah. course, of course, my wife has managed to invite herself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to invite myself too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So we've done lesson 14. We've done lesson two. Where would you like to go? Let's see, my friend. I just, I'd like to just take this as it's going, right? So sure. I love what you had just said. And it's really train your mind like athletes train their bodies. Excellent. And that's lesson number seven. Lesson seven. Um, yeah, because we have to, you know, just, this has just hit me where what lesson we should talk about. I wasn't prepared for what lessons we were going to talk about just because I like the organic growth of conversation. Absolutely. And I find myself really connecting to you um, and everything that you're doing. So 
listen, the whole point of this book is um, I hate reading a book, by the way, <laughs> that has one idea because if I'm on page 25 and I don't connect to that idea, I'm irritated that I bought the book. Gotcha. <laughs> so, gotcha. The reason why there are 47 not connected lessons is because I have individualization about me. I want to connect. You don't have to connect to all 47 lessons, but because all the lessons aren't connected together, you have the opportunity to pick what lessons you want to learn about. Um, that's basically the premise of the book. So that's why I said I was going to leave this open as a dialogue and just see where it takes us. And that's where it's lesson number seven, train your mind like athletes train their bodies because we've got to continue to train our minds like we train our muscles. A, a very well-defined muscle is a well-trained one, right? Absolutely. So a trained, yeah, I mean, a trained muscle that's been worked, broken down, and built back up is a muscle that best serves our body. So, um, and I think muscles, you know, they have to be trained precisely to define themselves and just the way our minds are. And um, how I help my readers train their minds is I don't believe in just reading something, putting something down and don't take action. After every lesson, there's an action, um, which I think helps growth as well. So I, what I, at the, it's, they're all called strengthening you. And specifically after this chapter, it's, you know, understand what your top three motivators are, mm-hmm. identify three main areas of improvement and determine, you know, using your motive, um, using your motivators and, how you will address your areas of improvement through mind muscle training. And that chapter, that's what the that chapter is about and keeping your momentum going. Awesome. Um, so when, when I, when I looked at this one in particular, um, we at beyond your wildest genes, we put out a, a course and we uh, a called uh, there were one for men, one for women, one called being Superman, the other one called uh, getting to goddess. And what we wanted to do was not just look um, at, at physical or nutritional, but also the emotional and spiritual aspects of life. And what the three top motivators are, are what we would call the three top um, values to, to each of us. And, and for me, as somebody who... my health is really important because at one time uh, I was an athlete and then I stopped being an athlete and kept eating like an athlete. So I weighed 300 pounds. Um, So health was and still is and remains my number one value because I can love my family. I can be financially successful. I can have all the trappings of, of success. But if I don't have my health, I, I really don't have anything to me. Oh, that, my gosh. You nailed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And number two, my, my second value is my family. So that is super important to me. Um, I, I was listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast a, a, about two months ago, and he had a guest on. And, and this struck me so hard because Emma is now 17 and Jack is 16. And what this guest said, and I do not remember who it was, but what he said, he said that by the time your children turn 18, they will have spent 93% of the time together with you for the rest of their lives. They have spent 93 Oh. Yeah. 
So as somebody who works into the evening as, as a chiropractor, it really hit me like, oh my goodness, I really only have another year to two years with my family unit as it is before they go out and they start to find their way in the world. And so it, allowed, wow. it, it put things in perspective, Dina, where I can take the time now even more so and, and it, it, it's always been high on my priority scale, but to take time and, and, and this pandemic um, has allowed us to have these family dinners and to be even more present and to appreciate each individual child for who they are. And of course, my wife for who she is. So it's a really big deal for me. Um, wow, that's beautiful way of thinking i remember i was listening to a podcast myself and his name is not ringing a bell to me i wish it was um it's been him i feel like so saying um you want to live your life backwards mm -hmm. so at a certain time in your life you only have a, like if you have if your parents are still alive both of my parents are still alive yeah um think about how many times you see them a year right so let's just Say I see my mother 10 times a year. I don't know. I'm just making that number up. Right. Um, and she's 75. Mm -hmm. And the average age is 81. So I only have 60 more times to see her. Mm -hmm. So you should be very intentional with how you see your parents because they're not always going to be there. Yep. And I think that goes to, that fits exactly like a beautiful puzzle to what you were just saying. That's beautiful. That's it. It's just, it's a paradigm shift. And I think that Everybody needs to look through a paradigm and see it from different angles, every angle you can, so that you don't only appreciate yourself and your growth, because you can also appreciate others as well. So that's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the other part I wanted to hit on, uh, top three areas for improvement. For me, for years, it was um, it, it centered around money. And you know, I'm not I'm not afraid to put it out there in the world. I had to learn to rethink my thoughts around money. And it took a lot of conscious work for me to really grasp that. And today explain uh, that know, a little more to me. What what does that mean? What did that look like before? And what did the what did, after the epiphany, what did that look like? Well so, the the really interesting thing is growing up you know, it, we did not grow up in uh, the sound of music, running through fields and and uh, singing. Um, <laughs> Us either. <laughs> my my mother's uh, my mother's saying was, you can't. You know, I would ask for something, and her saying was, we can't get blood from a rock. My father's saying, on the other hand, is we can always make money. Um, he was a police officer. He had his own security business, uh, and he was just somebody who hustled all the time. So my mindset around money was I got to work harder. I've got to, um, there was a scarcity mindset. There was um, the harder I work, the better I'm going to get paid. Um, and I had to work through those blocks um, to where today I know that I create significant value for myself and people around me. I know that I, you know, it's basically I am, I am worthy. I, I know that there is a, there is no longer a, a self-worth. That was really the underlying thing um, that I had to work through. There was a uh, self, 
self-worth issue and working through it for years and finally came to that tipping point. It's like, oh, I get it. So that's what that looks that like. Fully, that, that, that aha moment, as yeah. they say, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Like, so it's funny. We're, we're pretty parallel because, you know, we didn't grow up with money, but we definitely, my mother was amazing at using every nickel as yes. she could and maximize it. You know, I remember having, we would have like chicken freezing Sundays and we'd go to the manager, the manager selection, which means, means that the chicken was going to expire the next day and she would make chicken cutlets and freeze it for a month. And yes. you know, she'd come home with Teddy grams and say, this has to last a month. And I'd be like, okay, you know, we'd have like four little Teddy grams a day, you know? Yep. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, so it was really, it really, really, uh, I, I, I'm grateful that I am a seeker of knowledge and sharing that knowledge. That's that's my third value, uh, fourth value. Education is both learning and teaching. Um, and of course, number three after family and health is abundance creation. So um, that that I'm I'm glad that I am a seeker in in that respect and and really never allow myself that contentedness of things are things are good enough things are and, and just looking to improve so um that's enough about me I talk too much <laughs> what no i could never i could never stop learning about people so you, you definitely don't talk too much so I, I love learning myself so so we've covered uh lesson 14 lesson two lesson seven how about one more i'm very cognizant of your time dina um how about one more for our audience how about you? Do you want to choose one? Do you have the book or that you have um, one that you want to dive actually, into a little bit? I actually, I, as somebody who does not like being uncomfortable, uh, I want to say lesson one, do what is uncomfortable. <laughs> I laugh. Thank you for saying that. I have a client of mine. He's an investment banker. And do you know he texts me once a week what he did to be uncomfortable? Yep. He said, I've never been more uncomfortable in my life. And I'm like, fantastic. Keep going. Keep going, you know. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so thank you for asking that. Yeah, and this is something I think uncomfortableness is what obviously makes us grow. Um, you know, I think to get people to the best them possible, we've got to challenge everybody. We've got to and also reward you and kind of put you through those challenging exercises that are going to make you, you know, walk with that swag that everybody deserves, you know, and Absolutely. everyone deserves to walk into a room and say, I've arrived. Mm -hmm. And the only way we can do it is exactly what we were just talking about is growing. But I also think it's doing what's uncomfortable. Um, you know, if you feel it, you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to believe it. And if you believe it, you're going to actualize it. So getting started in this chapter, I'm, I talk about how it is really a wonderful feeling to have a renewed skin and, you know, you know, sailing sometimes I refer to it, it requires us to move through rough, stormy, you know, weather waters, and which means to get started. And you must you really have to adopt a mindset that allows you to test yourself, to push the limits and of your comfort zones and to venture through some rough waters. I have grown through the toughest times in my life. Um, I have grown after 9-11. Um, I, ha I was in Boston during the bombing. I've grown then. I know that I'm going to grow through whatever the heck our new rene our, our renewed world going to look like, right? But, Absolutely. Um, so 
I just feel like everybody needs to take a quiet moment and say, what does growth mean to me? And is it becoming a better communicator and overall better success? What does that look like? Um, you know, there are so many examples that you can use, but if you're comfortable, you're not growing. If you're uncomfortable, you're changing your mindset and you have that amazing opportunity to shift. Um, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. A thousand percent. Um, let me ask you where um, I, I, I could keep talking to you about your book until we went through all 47, but that would not be <laughs> fair. Um, where can people find you in the world? So where can they find me? You can actually Google me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I do have a website. Yeah. It's, um, do I even have to say www anymore, or is that just showing my age? It's called com, and I'm going to have everybody singing the song. That my 10-year-old sings, because, you know, some people say, I can't say it, and he runs around the house and says, Purse to Cassidy, Purse to Cassidy, if you need help, my mom's there, you know? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> it cracks me up every time she does it. If I ever have a commercial, she's going to be on it. But, That's um, awesome. It's the, and then Purse to Cassidy, P-E-R-S-T-I-C-A-C-I-T-Y, group.com. I would also love for people to LinkedIn me. So it's just my first name, D-E-A-N-N-A, last name, F as in Frank, A-R-R-U-G-I-A. The book is available on Amazon just by putting it in the search bar. Um, I'm also offering, and this is something I wanted to make sure I told you about too. Sure. There is a website called Book Baby, B-O-O-K-B-A-B-Y. And during this pandemic, I have gotten so many responses. Hey, Dina, you've, you've changed me. You've helped me strengthen. And that's my goal, right? So what I, what I did, I can't do this on Amazon because they just don't allow me to. But on Book Baby, which is another store, I'm actually offering a 20% discount on the book okay. just, for the month, just for this month. Okay, 20% um, discount. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, the, just for the month of May, the okay. coupon code, Go ahead. Is strengthen. What is it? Strengthen. Strengthen. Okay. Yep. And, and it, it strengthen. So it ends May 31st. But because of all the feedback that I've been getting, I really just wanted to give people the opportunity to get just, you know, 20% off the book, read it, let's have dialogues. I love to hear from people. Uh, my email is dina at the pushpacastygroup.com. So I'm happy to hear from anybody. Awesome. Hey, guys, all this will be in the show notes. So I am thrilled um, to have sat down and spoken with you. Thank God for Annie, who is friends with you, who is uh, friends since uh, they've been in kindergarten together with my wife. And uh, you never know when you're going to find these uh, beautiful pearls and your book is a beautiful pearl and I really enjoyed reading it and uh, I hope that we cross paths again when you write your next book please grace us with your presence again <laughs> <laughs> you got it you got it well I really want to thank you for bringing information to the world and being an amazing you know an amazing person an amazing human that people need because continuous growth 
There's nothing more beautiful. It is. It is our one of our one of our values. Absolutely. Um, Dina, thanks again, uh, folks. If you like what you heard, please go to uh, I think it's called Apple Podcasts now. It's not called iTunes and leave a review. It helps us to help others find the work that we're doing and, and it spreads the word. So I appreciate you all. Have a great day and we'll see you soon. Ciao. Hey guys, and I'm back. Our June supplement of the month is BYWG's Turmeric Boost. Turmeric has been in the news for its surprising effectiveness to manage inflammatory issues and arthritic pain. However, not all turmeric supplementation is the same. Turmeric Boost contains BCM95, which is a patented form of whole turmeric that helps to address the absorption issues by providing a trademarked formula with 700 to 900% better absorption in human clinical trials. In addition, it doesn't require black pepper to be absorbed, but can be sensitive to some patients. We added medium chain triglycerides, MCT oil, to BYWG Nutrition's Turmeric Boost to encourage better absorption. Once again, no fillers, no wheat, no gluten, no dairy, just value, quality, and effectiveness. For the entire month of June, if you use the code DEFLAME10, that's lowercase D-E-F-L-A-M-E-10, you will receive 10% off this incredible anti-inflammatory aid. You can pick it up at our website at www.beyondwildestgenes.com or if you're local at our brick and mortar store. The June 2020 book of the month is Sacred Cow, Why Well-Raised Meat is Good for You and Good for the Planet by Diana Rogers and Rob Wolf. This is the first book of the month that hasn't officially been released yet, but Rob has been a great supporter of BYWG, and we are such huge fans of all his work, we decided to support his pre-release purchase. The book is officially released July 14th. The pre-order purchase code will be in the show notes and in the weekly emails. Our product of the month for June is LifeBook, an incredible life-altering program that all three of us have matriculated through. LifeBook is about you, created by you. It's a one-of-a-kind lifestyle design system that guides you towards your personal vision of success in 12 dimensions of life. These 12 areas are health, fitness, intellectual, character, emotional, spiritual, love relationship, parenting, social, career, financial, quality of life, and life vision. So comprehensive, so empowering. Check it out via the links and the materials we send out during this entire month. And as always, be awesome and never unawesome.